Uh, good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you. For those who don't know me, my name's Derek, and I've been in Gateway for the last four years. And it's my privilege to talk about Jonah this morning. We have this series about figures in the Old Testament prefiguring Jesus. And we're going to look at that with Jonah. Now, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, with a group of friends, we have a walking group. We arranged to meet just outside York and go for a walk. And I was told, well, when you get there, there's a, a green, a triangle, and there's a name, the green, I think. And so I went and I found the triangle and I found the sign that said the green and I waited. And then I waited and I kept waiting. And eventually, I discovered I was the only one there. No one else came. So I phoned the person organizing and said, well, here I am. And I was in uh, the village of Tokwith, just past Rofforth, for those who, who know the area. And uh, I said, well, I'm waiting in Tokwith at the Green. And the leader said, well, that's good. We're all in Skipwith at the Green. And, you know, your first reaction when you hear that is to think, why has everyone gone to the wrong place? That's, that's just a natural thing. We very quickly realize, well, no, it's just me. And I thought, yeah. And I looked later where Skipwith was because I didn't know and discovered I'd gone pretty much in the opposite direction. And it was quite disappointing. So I went home feeling a bit disappointed. Nothing compared to my wife's disappointment because she was hoping for a a free morning without me around. But anyway, it was disappointing. Now, when I was reading Jonah just after that, what was striking was that he had been told to go one way and he went off in the opposite direction. And that's what we're going to read about in our first reading, which is from Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. It says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Well, God told him to go one way, to Nineveh, and he went in the opposite direction, as far from Nineveh as he could. Now, Nineveh is east of Israel. I've no idea what direction I'm pointing in at the moment, but then you don't know either. So let's say that's east. It's on the banks of the Tigris. It's in modern-day Mosul in Iraq. It's about 500 miles from Israel, and that's where he was told to go to Nineveh. But instead, he went west to Tarshish, west of the Mediterranean. Now, okay, what I was doing was not quite of the same importance, but it did strike me that when you're going in the wrong direction, um, it may be better than going in the wrong direction to stay where you are in the first place. Jonah was running away from God. I mean, why, why go? to a place that, well, you don't know where you're going. 
he refused to follow God's command. But why not just stay where you are? But he went off in the opposite direction because he's got these three possibilities. Go where God tells him to go to Nineveh. Go uh, where, stay where he is, which presumably is where he wants to be. Or go on a risky journey to an unknown place. Why not just stay where you are? Well, clearly he's running away from God. And it can't work and it doesn't work. Now, we're trying to see where Jonah prefigures Jesus. And this is not a very good start because Jesus doesn't run away from God. The point is, though, that this is the first uh, point that we're making. Jonah, like Jesus, is called by God. Now, his first response is wrong. It's like uh, um, Moses, when we heard uh, Ben speaking to us last week. He makes mistakes. But Jonah, in the end, gets it right. He goes to a dangerous place. He eventually responds in obedience and goes where God wants him. And this is what we're about in these few weeks. We're looking at the person here, in this case, Jonah, pointing us to Jesus. Everything points forward. And then at ourselves today, and that all points, goes back to Jesus. Jesus is the center, the fulcrum. Everything points to him. Everything comes from him. Jonah is not Jesus. Uh, he makes the mistakes, as we've said, uh, but there are certain pointers where we can see what's coming. But yes, he is uh, a person who makes mistakes. Some years ago, 40 years ago, I don't know if you can see this, this book was very popular, the book of heroic failures. Many of you will have it on your shelves, a yellowing copy, no doubt, and it's available in uh, lots of all good charity shops, I suppose, at the moment. There's lots of copies around. Uh, but long time before the Book of Heroic Failures, we had the book, what we could call the Book of Failing Heroes. The Bible, the Old Testament, is the Book of Failing Heroes. Moses, Jonah, and the next few weeks we'll hear about a few more. But failure or not, the main point is Jonah is called by God and he responds. Eventually, yes, but he responds. That's the first thing. Jonah, like Jesus, is called by God. The second thing is that Jonah sacrifices himself for others. And we're going to look at the second reading, which is from Jonah 1, verses 9 to 12. Now, many of us know the story, but he goes on a ship uh, in the opposite direction to where he's called. And he says this, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. He's speaking to the crew of the ship because the ship is in a storm and they're afraid that everything is going to be lost. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he'd already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? And he said, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. So there they are. They're on this ship, in this storm. They're all going to perish, and Jonah acknowledges that it's his fault, and he says, throw me overboard. He's a brave man. The crew don't want to, but Jonah insists. So what he does is he gives his life to save the sailors, and we can see how that prefigures Jesus. 
Now, Jonah's sacrifice doesn't save you or me, but we can point to Jesus' sacrifice. Jonah saves the crew of the ship. Jesus gave his life, the Bible tells us, as a ransom for many, and that includes you and me. The crew of the ship knew they were in danger, and they knew they needed saving. Now, our danger may not be as visible as that, but it's just as real. We're not necessarily drifting to a watery grave, but into a meaningless abyss. The mess that we're in is just as real as the sailor's mess. And we need someone to save us. And we need to realize that, that we can't save ourselves, but Jesus will be the one to save us. So he gave his life for others. The third point, the story of Jonah highlights the resurrection of Jesus. And so this is the bit we've all been waiting for. Jonah is swallowed by a whale or a sea creature. Now, how many of us think of Sunday school song when we think of Jonah? For some of us, it's going through your head now. Get used to it. It'll be there all day. And it may be the only thing that some of us remember about this, mor this morning. But there is that story of Jonah and the whale, which many are familiar with. But we need to get clear, really, that this is not all about the whale. It's only mentioned in three verses. There's, we have a sea creature who swallows Jonah. Then Jonah, the chapter is all about the prayers of Jonah in the whale. And then the whale vomits Jonah out. And that's all there is to it. Now, I was talking to my two-year-old grandson. And he told me the story. He said, yeah, the whale, big fish swallowed Jonah. And then the big fish spat Jonah out. I thought, well, he's a, a budding theologian. He's got the story exactly right. I thought I'd ask him what he thought about dispensationalism, but he just ran off and started blowing bubbles. To be fair, that's not a bad way of dealing with that subject. But the point is, it's a, such a simple thing and the, the writer doesn't make a lot of it. It's just that he's swallowed by the whale and then the whale vomits him out. And we are reminded then of the resurrection. It's about Jonah. It's about his prayer. And it's about, well, okay, he's regurgitated, but it points to the resurrection. And we know that because Jesus says it. If we look at reading number three from Matthew chapter 12, verses 40 to 41. Jesus says this, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. So Jesus uh, brings in this comparison. He was raised on the third day, three days and nights in the heart of the earth. What do we think about the length of days and nights? Well, Jesus is the one who's highlighting this and pointing out this uh, comparison. And there's something for us to, to think about, that the resurrection is central to our thinking. It is, for, in a, in a way, the story of Jonah. But it's central to what we know about Jesus, that he died and rose again. 
and it's putting Jesus at the center that we're really about. So the resurrection is central. That's the third point. The fourth point, and that's the last point, we could make many more, but the one last point we're going to make today is that Jonah then preaches repentance and salvation. If we can look at our last reading, it's from Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is after he's been come out of the whale. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. So he goes to this place in Assyria, 500 miles away. When he's risen up again, he goes to preach repentance to people that God wants to save. Now, Jonah himself, he's obedient and he preaches the gospel to them, the, the good news about God wanting to save them. But actually, Jonah doesn't want them to be saved. Jonah wants them to get what's coming to them. And he preaches through gritted teeth. And even when they respond in a, in a massive way, he's annoyed with God and says, I knew you'd do that. I knew you'd save them. And so he, in a way, wishes he hadn't preached to them because the message is more powerful than the motivation behind his preaching. And some people see the meaning, the purpose of the book of Jonah, the main purpose as being intended to encourage the people, the Jewish people, to repent, to say, well, pagan sailors can do it, wicked Ninevites can do it, so you can do it if you just realize your need. And uh, that's true for us. Everybody can repent. So to bring this together, what we've been saying here, the conclusion is that Jonah, at first, when God calls him, says, I don't want to. Never. Now, he changes his mind. Never say never, because he changes his mind and he goes and does what he's told. But at first, his reaction is, I don't want to. Never. Jesus, when he's going to his death, at one point says, I don't want to. He says to God, if it's your will, take this cup from me. But then he continues immediately with, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And here the English language is quite helpful. It doesn't work in every language, possibly not in Greek and Hebrew. But never and nevertheless. It's sometimes easy to um, remember things in a way like this. When God calls us, how do we respond? We are allowed to say, I don't want to. But do we then say never? Or do we say, I don't want to? Nevertheless, if it's your will, I will do it when God calls us. So here we are. We've got Jonah pointing to Jesus, pointing to us. And that's the way it is with all of the characters in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We look at the character. We look at how it relates to Jesus and we look at how this relates to us. 
So we have these four things, just to remind you. Firstly, Jonah, like Jesus, is called by God. Now, we are all called. Whether we like it or not, and whether we've heard the call or not, we are all called. So what's our response? And if we say, well, yes, I know God called me, but I didn't respond in the right way. The good news is that the word came to Jonah a second time. We have another chance. So if we have failed to obey God's call, he will still call us again and we can turn it around or he will turn it around for us. So, yes, called by God. Secondly, Jonah, like Jesus, sacrifices himself for others. Now, we ourselves are not necessarily to die for others. We're almost certainly not going to be swallowed by a large fish for others. But we are called to give ourselves in the service of others. There are many ways this happens, and it does happen, and there are many ways it will happen in our lives if we allow it to. So sacrificing ourselves for others. Thirdly, the story of Jonah highlights the resurrection of Jesus. We make the resurrection of Jesus central in our thinking. Jesus died and rose again to bring life in all its fullness. That's exciting. We can experience new life in Jesus. We all of us know that the life that we lead just by ourselves will never fully bring satisfaction. But the resurrection of Jesus is central. He brought life. He rose again to give us life. And that leads us to the fourth point. That Jonah, like Jesus, then preaches repentance and salvation. We are called to tell others about what we have found. Not just those close to us. That's hugely important that we do that. But let's take seriously the responsibility of sharing the love of Jesus with people everywhere. Jonah reached the unreached and the unreached responded more spectacularly than they already reached. So what we often have to say is, not my will, but yours. To do all of these things, to follow, not so much following Jonah, but following Jesus. Jonah points us to Jesus, and Jesus sends us forward with these things in mind that we've said, that we're called, we sacrifice ourselves, the resurrection central, and we preach repentance and salvation. Jonah points us to the key to a fulfilled life. It's transformed by God. So it's not me at the center, but it is Jesus. So that's a little bit about Jonah. Remembering that it's not really about the whale. It's about Jonah. It's about God. And it's about our response to God when we are called. Do we go out willingly? And even if we don't, will we go out anyway? Because as Jonah discovered, you've got to go where God calls you because things won't go too well if you don't.